This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. The advent of genetic medicines is enabling the development of therapies that can repair or replace a faulty genetic sequence underlying a disease. White Lab Genomics has developed an AI-based platform to enable target discovery and design of DNA and RNA therapies in silico and shorten development times. We spoke to David Del Borgo, CEO of White Lab Genomics, about its AI platform technology, the data it uses, and its role in a consortium to develop highly specific vectors for genetic medicines. David, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Denny. We're going to talk about cell and gene therapies, white lab genomics, and how it's using its AI platform to improve the development of these advanced therapies. Perhaps we can start with the challenges of developing cell and gene therapies today. What would you say those are? Yeah, so as uh, you probably know, cell and gene therapy are extremely promising uh, treatments, and and uh, some of them uh, actually uh, in the market already. There are about uh, ten uh, gene therapies in the market. However, the challenge is, uh, you know, to to be able to get more of those therapies to patients in needs. Uh, those are life-saving therapies. Uh, they can really make a difference. Uh, like, the, for example, the one in uh, spinal muscular atrophy, uh, we can really uh, cure uh, uh, kids uh, from a really uh, lethal disease. So I would say the challenge is uh, they're difficult to uh, bring to the market. There are a lot of uh, challenges in terms of potential uh, toxicity, uh, high dose, uh, and also uh, cost, uh, because they're also difficult to produce today. Um, so that's uh, th- that would be like the key challenges of gene therapy today. What can artificial intelligence do to address those challenges? Well, if you think about the amount of data that's available today in terms of genomics, proteomics, uh, all the multi-omics we call it. This is all uh, information from uh, biological data that has been turned into uh, um, uh, sequencing information. uh, And uh, the, the amount of data today is extremely large, it's huge. And it's not possible for the uh, human brain uh even the most brilliant ones right to 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 
go and be able to analyze and cross-analyze this data. And this is where AI comes into play. By being able to have machine learning approaches and or deep learning approaches in order to analyze those data sets and extract the right information that's going to be necessary to build an effective and safe gene therapy. As, as I think about DNA and RNA therapies, it, it seems to me the challenges have less to do with target discovery and the targets because the targets of these therapies are, are generally well-known and the, the challenges have more to do with various constituencies of a therapy beyond the DNA or RNA themselves, things like vectors and promoters and chemical modifications and backbones. Target discovery is part of what your system does. Can you explain the need with regards to target discovery versus these other elements of creating a genetic medicine? Yeah, actually, it's a very good point, but you're going to see that our approach uh, links the two together. So um, our platform enables to identify highly specific biomarkers for targets. Uh, in that particular case, uh, our uh, Atlas platform enables to identify uh, receptors that are highly specific to a cell type, right? So that would be the, uh, uh, the the receptor where the vector will be in the end binding. And so if we have highly specific, highly qualified receptors, that's our target, we are then able to design properly the vector, you know, in a, in a system that will be uh, like a lock key system, right? So if we have the right, uh, lock, we design the right key, and then we have an effective uh, gene therapy or an effective vector delivery, uh, including delivery of the payload you mentioned, right? The payload needs to be also designed in a way that the uh, expression uh, of, of the uh, uh, desired effect is, is consistent and, and, uh, and efficient. White Lab Genomics has developed an AI platform to accelerate the development of gene and cell therapies. Give me a sense of what the platform does and how it works. Right. So, so, so the first step of the platform is, as I mentioned, is a it's a very uh, exhaustive uh, biomarker cellular atlas that's going to be able to identify targets that are highly specific to a cell type. So, let's say we want to uh, like look at uh, um, eye, you know, like uh, cells, uh, cells in the eyes, uh, retina, for example, or cones, uh, we're going to be able to identify receptors that are very specific to those ones. And then we have another scoring system that the uh, surface that we call surface score, that's going to uh, score those receptors and qualify them being at the surface of the membrane, making them then, you know, the right target. Uh, that's the first step. And then on the second step, we're going to uh, work on with uh, deep learning approaches on structural biology in order to design, as I mentioned earlier, the right, uh, the right uh, key, the right uh, protein components that are going to be able to uh, bind to those receptors properly. What are the, the data inputs and what are, what are the outputs from the system? What, what do you see? And is there a, a process of iteration? Um, yeah, so the input is um, 
is going to be a lot of multi-omics data. So genomics data, proteomics data, transcriptomics data, epigenetics data. Um, a lot of them come from very well vetted public sources that we've been doing for the past five years. Then we have, we add our own data sets so we can generate new data set and new hypothesis in order to reinforce the models. So yes, there are iterations because we, we need to, to build, to, you know, the training set for the machine learning. And so therefore there are iteration until we have uh, algorithms that are uh, satisfactory from a statistical standpoint. Uh, the output is going to be, I would say, it's, it's going to be sequences, right? So if we have to design a new uh, AV vector, we, the system is going to provide the sequences of those AV vectors. And how much of this is done in silico? And at what point do you move from the computer to a, a lab experiment? Yeah, so <clears throat> the... Upstream part is very in silico, uh, and what I've described is like the you know when you, from the target discovery part until the um, the uh, design of the new vectors. This is done in silico. Then we move to the you know to the wet part where we validate the uh, the predictions um, uh, in 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 vivo uh, in order to like validate them from a biological standpoint. So there is a there are iterations between wet and in silico. What's known about the benefits you provide? Can can anything yet be said about the time and cost savings to getting a, a getting a candidate into the clinic? Um, or getting a candidate into the clinic? So, yeah. So uh, there is um, there is our desires to divide the time, uh, the non-clinical time, from like uh, target discovery to uh, IND by three. Uh, I think like from the uh, earlier projects that are on the, you know, the earlier projects start on a smaller scope, right? Because it's like a, it's like a step-by-step -step process and then it's still early in the development. So I think we see more factor of two right now, but our target is to divide it by three. And what's been done today to validate the system? So we've done multiple uh, validation uh, on, 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 uh, on uh, different levels, uh, the ones that have uh, validated, for example, already validated experimental results that were like uh, already generated, and we we make the predictions and we check that this corresponds to the validated experiment. So we've done that on on multiple uh, assets, and also as we speak, we're generating new uh, biological uh, in vivo data to validate new hypotheses. So I think in the next couple of months, we're going to be showing in different conferences uh, those results. I'm not clear on, on the company's business model. It, it appears that you operate as a service provider rather than developing your own pipeline. Who's the customer and, and how are you compensated? Yeah, we like to see ourselves more as like a, 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 a you know partner. Uh, and so the way we collaborate is... Uh, we enter into a collaboration agreement, R&D collaboration agreement with our part, with our customers. Customers are biotech companies, pharma companies, as you saw in the widget consortium, Sanofi, uh, and, uh, and including also academic labs. The way we're compensated is uh, through an upstream milestone royalties model, so pretty uh, common in our field. Uh, because we do have, uh, in, in many contracts, uh, co-IP of the uh, assets that are generated 
uh, although eventually it's going to be the biotech and the pharma or the pharma company that's going to like exploit it uh, and and you know bring them to the clinic as you mentioned and bring them to the market. Uh, regarding internal pipelines, those are like projects we're thinking about. Uh, it's always in the background of our mind as we acquire more data and more knowledge. Uh, so we keep that, yeah, we keep that in mind. Given the, the modalities, it's not surprising that you're, you're working a lot on monogenic diseases and, and cancer, but are, are there some examples of projects you're working on you can offer? Yeah, uh, we have a project that, uh, it's uh we work on a metabolic disease uh in the liver with the geneton group um as uh you mentioned also, as as you know in in the press release regarding the widget consortium we work on the amd uh and uh podocytopathies that are like responsible for kidney disease uh we also work on a project on a on a glioblastoma uh so we are pretty agnostic in terms of therapeutic area, although we tend to have lots of projects in neuro uh, and also more and more in uh, cardio. Uh, but you see, because our atlas, the atlas we developed uh, covers more than 700 cell types. So we're able to work on, you know, cell, on like a, uh, muscle cells or neuro or, you know, heart, uh, d- different type of, uh, of cells. And, and on that point, we're pretty agnostic. You mentioned the widget consortium. White Lab Genomics recently entered into a collaboration with Sanofi, the target laboratory at Nantes University and the Institute Imagine to launch the widget consortium. Can you, you expand on what the widget consortium is and how it's funded? So the widget consortium is um, is um, is a consortium composed, as you mentioned, of Sanofi, the target uh, lab from Nantes University, uh, the Imagine Institute in Paris, which specialized in rare diseases, and White Lab Genomics. So you can look at it as, if I make it simple, White Lab is the AI uh, in seco, uh, specialist in genomic medicine. You have the two uh, experts in the, the pathology, respective like AMD and podocytopathies. And then you have the pharma company, Sanofi, we're going to be able to bring this uh, candidate to, uh, you know, to the market. Um, we're funded as part of a French initiative called France 2030, uh, that uh, supporting France to... Uh, to uh, you know, to be a champion in uh, in biotherapies and bioproduction, and so this is an eighteen million dollar uh, um, project uh, with the support of the French government. And what's the goal of the consortium? So the goal is really to create uh, using AI a platform that's able to uh, develop highly specific vectors. Um, and in that case, that's why we, we created this consortium for two different uh, therapeutic targets, right? And, and so it's just to show, and they're very different. So it's to show that the platform that's going to be developed is going to enable eventually to develop more AAVs, which is a challenge in the gene therapy field, uh, that are highly specific, uh, that are non-toxic. Uh, uh, and, and then can carry 
the right uh, cargo uh, to, to their targets. And so this is the, 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 the purpose of the consortium is to build this platform and to bring those two candidates also to the, uh, to the uh, clinical phase. You know, this is a, a group of impressive partners, and it's, uh, I imagine, non-dilutive funding for you that helps advance the platform. How validating is this deal, and, and how significant is it to the growth of the company? Well, then it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's very uh, validating for us. We've, uh, we, we were, we were uh, founded in 2019, uh, almost five years ago. We've been bootstrapping for many years, and then we were lucky to uh, get into White Combinator and also get uh, investors, raise a 10 million round last year. Uh, now it's time for us to uh, scale and show um, what we've developed is of interest to large players such as Sanofi. And also we're having active discussions with other pharma companies. I think the fact that we announced Sanofi is also showing the other pharma companies, you know, we are, we are a credible uh, player in the field. Uh, AI and genomic medicine can be, you know, uh, difficult sometimes to understand what, what, what can AI bring in general to drug discovery or drug development. I think today uh, a lot of uh, companies have proven the impact of AI in, this, in, in biology. And so, yeah, it is very validating and, and, and we believe it's going to support our growth for the next years. And how has the company been funded to date and how far will existing funding take you? So, so we, last year we raised uh, 10 million euros uh, in, the, in September 2022. This gives us uh, uh, visibility for three years uh, so we, we're not, uh, you know, we're not in a rush to raise, but also as we want to grow faster and accelerate, we, we might, uh, you know, look at raising again, uh, end of, uh, next year. David Del Borgo, CEO of White Lab Genomics. David, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Danny. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.